You want to make your fantasy sports league more than a fantasy? Then you need Trophy Smack. It's the number one store for fantasy and tournament trophies, belts, draft boards, loser awards, and other ridiculous products. Trophy Smack is more than just a trophy company with outstanding customer service and products. It's the very essence and heart of every fantasy league. And if you click now, trophysmack.com gives you free shipping, a free loser poster, and can have the hardware to you in a few days. Bragging rights included. Go to trophysmack.com right now and take your fantasy league to the next level. Welcome to the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast, a ball blast football production. Here are your hosts, Matthew Betts, Matt Okada, and John Helmkamp. Welcome back in to the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast, a ball blast football production. We are back. Matthew Betts, Matt Okada, John Helmkamp. The fellows are dancing live on YouTube right now. It is a beautiful sight to see. And of course, if you're not watching on YouTube, uh, you're doing it wrong. Also, if you're not watching on YouTube, you might have missed the new intro that we played uh, prior to our intro coming on. And in your podcast app, you heard the Trophy Smack Man discussing the sweetness, the hotness, the amazingness of these products. Man, Trophy Smack is crushing it. And uh, that guy didn't even mention that when you enter the code <laughs> Red Shirts when you check out, you're going to get a, a free championship ring with your order. So, Ooh. man, Trophy Smack is crushing. Check it out. And, fellas, I think we talked about it on the last show. We have a, a ring for free to give away to the winner of the Listener League this year. Okada, tell the people, how do they enter the Listener League? Give them the details. Well, first of all, you should probably have already done this, so just go find the one you already left. But if you haven't, go and leave us a rating and review on your podcast app. Listen, it should be five stars, let's be honest. But if you have some constructive feedback, let us know. If not, if you just want to say that we're your favorite and you like John's beard and my mustache, which is usually what half of the reviews are anyways, then just say that. Slap that in there. Take a couple screenshots uh, of that review. And then also a review of the Ball Blast podcast, which you can also find in your podcast apps, our sister podcast at Ball Blast Football. Send both of those screenshots to us on Twitter, there you go. Perfection by Mr. Okada there. Um, yes, there is a review currently titled on Apple Podcasts. I love Matthew Betts, and that is, of course, from our boy uh, Mo. <laughs> That's He's Mo. been yeah. chatting with us all the time in, in the Patreon chat. Uh, shout out to Mo. You are the man. And I don't see any reviews that say I love John or I love Okada. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, no big Rip. deal. Uh, <laughs> welcome back on that. for the divisional previews. We've talked NFC East on the last show. Fellas, I, I thought it was a great show. I mean, I have zero bias, of course, but I thought it was a fantastic episode. <laughs> we no are bias talking whatsoever. None, not <clears throat> whatsoever. We are now talking AFC South. Uh, lots of big names to get to. Before we do, a reminder, the website is ballblastfootball.com. The social handle is at Pod. John is at DynastyBeard. Okada is at Matt Okada. I am at the Fantasy PT. Let's come talk, man. Come talk football with us. We got training camp. We got football in like less than four weeks. Like, let's, let's go. go. I am so, so excited. Oh, uh, fellas, have you done any any redraft leagues yet this year? No. I have not either. Wow. I am shocked. Are you guys going to wait until late as possible? I have one scheduled for next Wednesday. Most of the time okay. when I do redraft, I put my redraft drafts right up against the start of the season 
because I want to get all the injuries out of the way before drafting. So especially most of the, especially this year with everything going on, I'm just like holding off on those. I'll probably have a draft that like Tuesday night with the Thursday game, um, and get my yep. my redraft True. going that way. I have done one so far, many more to come. Um, I actually kind of like uh, one or two early drafts because it lets you know who has done their homework and who has not. Mm. Like you can't just show up to a draft on August like 9th and be like, oh, I'll, I'll just I'll just read this one article and I'm good to go. Like it doesn't work that way. So I like the early drafts kind of gives you a, a leg up. But yeah, man, the injuries definitely are a factor. And John, man, p- professional transition here let's talk some injuries let's talk mm. some news here we have a lot to get to we're recording this on monday this is the first day of padded practices and the injuries came flowing in as they always do i got great news guys all right let's start with the injury updates fellas i'll run down the list and then we can kind of discuss any situation you want to talk about in more detail starting with the wide receivers Two uh, huge names, A.J. Green, DeAndre Hopkins, both dealing with hamstring injuries. By all accounts, they're reported as minor, but we know how tricky those can be. Mm-hmm. Denzel Mims also <clears throat> battling a hamstring strain, uh, the rookie wide receiver for the Jets. Jalen Hurd, a wide receiver slash tight end slash hybrid <laughs> running back slash whatever he is, uh, unfortunately suffered a knee injury today. They have not officially confirmed it, at least I haven't seen, but... By now, by the time you're listening to the show, I'm sure it is out there. The, the initial fear is an ACL injury. Most of the time, that's correct. It's pretty easy to diagnose and assess on the field. So the MRI will probably confirm that, and, and that's a huge bummer. And then Nick Chubb is currently in uh, the early, very, very early stages of the concussion protocol. Fellas, out of those injuries, uh, which one you guys want to talk about the most? Hmm... Or which is the most interesting, I guess, to kind of to, to discuss the fallout? Probably Hopkins <clears throat> would be the most interesting one of the bunch. I'd um, agree. Because if Hopkins is, if this is nagging, if this becomes a thing that slows him down even further in a weird offseason on a new team with a new quarterback in a new system with new language, I don't know. Christian Kirk could be a, a real benefactor there um, and see a lot more targets in this offense so, I mean, I already liked Christian Kirk. I've talked about him, written about him, you know, a few times over the course of this offseason. Um, but this could be something to watch as the season gets closer to see if this impacts the uh, the target distribution even further. I like that call. I, I think that's, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like in redraft, and, and it's scary to even speak these words. Like, I feel like I'm getting a little worried about what DeAndre Hopkins could be in this offense and it's not because he's not good obviously mm-hmm. um but kyler is is he's so good that he spreads the ball around and now if you're telling me okay there's another four days or five days where hopkins isn't on the field that matters in in the early season so i'm cooling on him a little bit i mean it's it's scary to, to ever fade Andre hopkins but uh i am definitely taking this one a little bit more seriously and kind of watching what happens okada you have something else to add there not really. Um, I suppose I will throw out that if he's going to miss time throughout the season, and that's not super likely, I don't think at this point we shouldn't expect that he's going to miss a big chunk of games or anything, but Larry Fitzgerald always manages to get targets. If yep. you have a fourth flex spot to fill or something like that, he, listen, man, 
Larry Fitzgerald will do something if DeAndre Hopkins not there. But I'm expecting I'm expecting him to be there. I'm expecting him to probably be okay. So I'm not overreacting too much to that one. Um, really, the only one with guaranteed long-term impact is Jalen Hurd, because even Nick Chubb's concussion is a concussion that he'll be through by the time the season rolls around. Obviously, there are potential down-the-line implications of that, but I'm not going to get overreactive about that. But the Jalen Hurd thing is taking a guy that a lot of people thought could step up and get some targets completely out of the mix for the entire season. That's just more targets from a boy. Brandon Ayuk. We, talk, we talked about it on the last mm. show. Go back and listen to the Brandon Ayuk love. Uh, yes, we are all all on board uh, with that call. Uh, all right, boys. A little bit of news to get into, and then we'll get into uh, the AFC South. ESPN's Rich Semini, I think is how you pronounce it, reports the Jets' offensive plan, and I don't even know why this is in quotes. He put it in air quotes. Plan, <laughs> plan. is to lessen the plan on YouTube. Uh, if you're not watching there, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> lessen Le'Veon Bell's workload by utilizing Frank Gore. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> why? How? Are you kidding? Um, no. Don't do that. No. Listen. It, I understand that you guys don't like this, but is this at all a shock to anybody? No, no, no. I just, I thought that, no. if, I thought how this was, when he's saying that sentence, the way that I saw it going was by utilizing LaMichael Pirine, not nope. the, not nah. the Rookie running back. 39-year-old <laughs> running back who just plods along. But quite <laughs> frankly, Frank Gore might be more efficient quite on the frankly. ground. frankly. Let's Frankly, go. Frankly, oh. he might be more efficient on the ground in that <laughs> offense than Le'Veon Bell is, who was like a two-point-something yard per carry guy last year. Hey, hey, so, hey, 3.2. Come on. Yeah, yeah. And I, um, <laughs> listen, we talked about this when we talked about the uh, AFC East. That was me and John, I believe. Beth wasn't yeah. around. And we okay. said, this is what Frank Gore does. Ever since he left the 49ers... He has done nothing but this. Run around the league as a 80-year-old man taking away fantasy value from the lead running back. Yep. And there wasn't much to begin with with Lev Bell. Now there's even less. And now we have even have it confirmed, even though we already knew. So, yeah. This is just another hammer on the nail of Le'Veon Bell's fantasy value that I'm not touching anywhere. Hey, remember that year that he held out? That was fun. Ha! How'd that work for you? <laughs> uh, real quick, I also would like to point out that Frank Gore uh, is not either of the ages that you two pointed out. However, you did mention he was 39, and then he became 80 about about 40 <laughs> seconds later from Okada. He's sure, 37. Sure. Yeah. Okay, fair Still enough. 37. Hey. I mean, I love Frank Gore. Like, what a guy, ha- man. Hat off to him. Play till you're 40. Wait until your kid gets to the NFL. Get him, get him on the same roster so they can do a father-son backfield. Let's, let's make it happen. Yeah. All right, boys. Let's get into... Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I missed one piece of news. Just real quick. Uh, Rodney Anderson was waived by the Bengals. More of a deep dynasty, just so mm. you know, kind of thing. So, Travion. Travion Williams, then, would be the sure. apparently the deep stash in yeah. that backfield. Sure. Okay. Yep. All right, boys. AFC South. Um, what team do you guys want to start with? The Colts. Huh. All right. Why would we why. do that? I don't know. No idea. <laughs> No clue. No idea. All right. <clears throat> let's let's not even let's not even bury the lead. I mean, Marlon Mack is the running back to own here, no <laughs> doubt. <about it. laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, uh, oh boy. Uh, the official running back. I feel like uh, of 
John yeah. of Dynasty Beard. Yeah, yeah, it's basically my brand now. I mean, he was pretty much my own, yeah, my own brand is Jonathan Taylor and my beard. That's basically oh, yeah. all I've got going. On. <laughs> hey, you can do worse, man. I can um, do worse. But our consensus 1.01 after the NFL draft because of the landing spot here. It's a fantastic offensive line. We've said all along, you know, it's not a matter of of if he takes over this role. They spent a second round pick on him. They traded up to get him. He is going to overtake Marlon Mack at some point. Guys, in dynasty startups, where are you taking Jonathan Taylor before the season? John, John, where are you (laughs) taking? And then I'll just pick two rounds after that. I know you've done it literally 18 times this offseason, so I'm sure you know the number. I have. um, I have taken him, well, without trading around in trading picks, so let's frame it that way. Without trading sure. around and trading for picks to acquire, which I've done multiple times, um, he, I'm comfortable taking him in the mid-second to late-second. Um, maybe high-second if I really just feel like going running back and then waiting on wide receiver. Um, I just think it's there. I, I think he's taken over in short order. They've already said they're going to run with the hot-hand approach, and, the, and that was before he even put pads on. Like, he's taking this job probably week one against Jacksonville and never looking back. Okay. Like, it's okay. it's it's coming soon. <laughs> okay. I, I don't know about week one. I mean, week five, sure. That'll week be less six, than that. maybe. But, yeah, I mean, hey, we don't know. And the reality is it doesn't matter because in Dynasty, you clearly should have already had him by, by trying to trade for one of those 2020 top rookie picks. Regardless... Right. Dude's a stud. I think come next year, would you guys, is it, barring injury, of course, is it very, very likely that he is ranked as a top 10 dynasty running back start of 2021 season? Yes. Very, very likely. Um, I'm going to lose one very and be okay with very likely. Fair enough. Uh, You know what? Screw it. I'm losing two varies. I think it's likely. I think he's a fringe guy this time next year. I think that his value going into next season will be higher than Josh Jacobs going into this season. And mm, Josh Jacobs is being considered right around there, around that 10 spot. And he's going to be on a more run-heavy team with a better offensive line and a better defense. So I think that it all lines up for him to be looked at as a RB1 going into the 2021 season. Yeah, I think those are all fair kind of considerations. Um, God, I'm so excited to watch him run behind that line. It's going to be beautiful. I can't wait to see Quentin Um, Nelson pancake someone into oblivion (laughs) and Jonathan (laughs) Taylor to take off in the lane that he opened up. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be great. Um, Obviously, we're very high on him. I, I, I think he's a player that you might be able to like have a little tiny buying window in like the first three weeks. If mm-hmm. Marlon Mack comes out and rushes for like 18 carries, like 90 yards and a score, yep. maybe, but man, I, I don't know. You might not be able to get him. No, I, anyway. I agree though. There might be a little panic dip, like right at the start of the season. If Mack keeps the job for a few weeks or if they're splitting it kind of close 50, 50, there might be a little bit of a panic dip in value where you can buy him, but he's uh he's pretty hyped by most people, not just myself. Yeah, way to go, John. That's your fault. Okay, on to the wide receivers. 
Uh, fellas, are you buying T.Y. Hilton if you're a contender? Age 31, nope. coming off of a hamstring injury just a few weeks ago. Quad strain last year. I mean, uh, guys, for the Patreon crew, I wrote up my do not draft list in redraft leagues. He was on it. Uh, no way. Okada is literally shaking his head no, I think, about 47 times. And I'm going to try to keep talking to see if he can keep doing it. <laughs> it's hurting! <laughs> Uh, I can't wait I for feel, Okada to text me tomorrow morning and be like, dude, my neck is killing me. Right. I feel a little bit dizzy, um, which is how you're going to feel if you draft T.Y. Hilton. No, do not buy him. Do not draft him. I have zero interest right now. Put him in the Le'Veon Bell camp. I honestly see them pretty similarly. Like guys I mean, who are typically yep. going to be in charge of their team's role at their position. But I don't expect them to do much of anything with it. And T.Y. Hilton adds injury concern to that couple of 2016 okay. studs right yep. there yep, yep, yep. Um, that just aren't you know time is undefeated they're not what they once were and they're not in except the same situations except by frank or <laughs> his time will come um but yeah t.y hilton no nah, no thanks not interested yeah, I'm definitely off of him as well. Um, other wide receivers, though, I'm intrigued by. Let's talk about Michael Pittman Jr. real quick and mm-hmm. then Paris Campbell. Michael Pittman Jr., wide receiver out of USC, big body, six foot four, two twenty three, 223, uh, ran a, a four five two, so pretty good number there for a guy uh, of that size. 34th overall pick. I mean, I feel like people don't talk about that. Almost went in the first round. Do you guys think that there is enough there that you saw on tape during rookie evaluation that you would be comfortable moving a 2021 first to go get him? Ooh. I wouldn't. Because only he, if he I, was only... going as the 2020, like, like one-two turn is kind of usually yes. where he was going. Exactly. So if I knew that I was going to be a championship contender this year and, and therefore my pick was going to be super late, I might do it. But I also might wait a year for Philip Rivers to derp on this poor guy, have <laughs> T.Y. Hilton as the supposed wide receiver one taking the targets that Pittman should probably earn instead, and buy after a little bit of a rookie year dip and expect him to be way better in year two and three. That's probably more likely the way to go, because I think this time next year you're going you're to be able to get him for a second. Yeah, or maybe even less if he just completely disappears and is not heavily utilized in the game's plan this year. What what Okada? But I do really like the talent. Yeah, I, I do too. Now. No, I'm, like, I'm the same I, way. I would maybe pay it first, but I don't want to if I don't have to. So yes, I don't want to overpay for good. him. Like, yeah, I, yep. I'm, I'm with you. His value, I think, is going to go down because I don't expect a whole lot of lot out of him this year. So I'm, I don't think now is the time to buy him if you, if you didn't draft him. I'd just hold off and... Wait, I mean, it could be an in-season buy if there's like a four or five-week stretch where he never tops 45 receiving yards. It might be like, cool, I'll go buy him on sale, go toss you a second and try to get him. Sure. Love it. I'm in on that for sure. The other wide receiver to talk about here is Paris Campbell, who got some buzz as a rookie last year, but he did virtually nothing. He had the hamstring strain uh, in training camp, broke his hand in week nine, then broke his foot in week 14. It was just a lost season, but it's possible. I mean, and that history right there just to me says like fluke, 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 like not a a consistent thing. He also entered the NFL with really out any injury concern from Ohio state. So I'm still willing to go buy him and just kind of see like what the price is. Um, Also reminder four, three, one speed at the combine as a a rookie. Uh, He is a burner and there's a little bit of hype coming out of training camp about him and about his separation skills out of the slot. 
Philip Rivers has targeted the slot with Keenan Allen a ton in his career. And we are, are not high on Rivers' deep ball at this point in his career. And that's why we're kind of worried about Pittman. But and I think there could be enough with Rivers to get uh, Campbell the ball this year. So I've gone out and got him in a couple of leagues. I got him for a third and one and like a late second in the other during nice. the rookie drafts. So I'm intrigued by this guy. What are your thoughts here on the former speedster out of Ohio State? I was going to base it off the price point. And if it's a third or very late second, then I'm willing to do it because I do think the upside is there. I'm not a huge fan, honestly, of these gadget guys. Like, Betts is all excited about Antonio Gibson. And so is most of the Dynasty community. I'm, I'm not really all not. excited. I just don't want You Bryce are. Uh, no, we just don't okay. want any of it, Okada. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, most of Dynasty, the Twi- Dynasty Twitter is excited about Antonio Gibson. I think Paris Gamble's in a somewhat similar mold. I think he can do a lot with very little in terms of targets, but I don't necessarily see him being a 90, 100, 110 target guy. And, I mean, that that's going to leave him as like a wide receiver three for most of his career. Maybe one year of wide receiver two to him. Like, we're talking a Percy Harvin type career. So, I don't hate it. And if I can get it for a third, I'll do it. But that's it. Not not jumping out of my seat for it. I, I like him more than, than you do. Um, I think that he has a higher ceiling than than you're indicating. Um, he's I'm I'm not saying he has an insanely high ceiling. This isn't like going out and trying to buy a first round rookie pick on the cheap, like going out and trying to buy a CD Lamb after a down year or something like. That. It's not like that. He doesn't have that same ceiling. But I am intrigued by him. Like Bet says, yeah, I'd be willing to toss a late second, especially a third. If I can get Paris Campbell for a third right now, yeah, absolutely, because thirds are mostly dart throws anyways. So yep. I'll go out and get the guy that I liked from college and I think has a role going forward. You know, sometimes those third round picks, they don't even end up finding their way well onto the depth chart. They don't even mm-hmm. pan out in terms of having any sort of consistent role on the offense. I think that his role as the slot receiver is pretty safe and, and I'll, I'll take that shot on him. For sure. Um, I'm currently writing an article for... Uh, the the site ballbasketball.com and I'm looking at every single team and I'm picking one stat that I love about that team or about love a certain it. player on that team putting together 32 stats for 32 teams very short write up on, on each one anyway my stat for the Colts is in regards to Mr. Jack Doyle and I'm very intrigued by hit by it Doyle played 74% of the snaps but drew just four and a half targets per game when Ebron was on the field last year Together in Indy, Ebron saw 4.7 targets per game. But without Ebron on the field, Jack Doyle's targets rose to at least six per game. Are you telling me if you need a tight end to complement a young, up-and-coming Irv Smith or a high upside Noah fan, you're not sure what you're going to get this year, are you telling me you shouldn't go out and get Jack Doyle as your starting tight end for this year, even in Dynasty? Yes, please. <laughs> I'll let Okada start because he's literally shifting in his seat. He's so excited. Yeah. Anyone, oh, who, yeah. anyone who tries to tell you that should be excommunicated from the Dynasty analyst community because that would be straight <laughs> foolishness. He is a perfect complement to those guys you just talked about. If you drafted a guy this year, if you drafted a guy last year and you're not ready for them to contribute, even if you have a guy like Mike Kosicki or Austin Hooper that you're not 100% sure what you're going to get and you just want some safety, Jack Doyle is beyond the perfect tight end for that for this year. I have him as a tight end one. Smash it. He's going to, especially in PPR, I think he could be a top six tight end. 
You know what I'll do? I'll take him behind Evan Ingram because of the injury concerns. Mm. And I'll plug in Jack Doyle a few rounds later on that roster as Mm -hmm. a uh, kind of pick and play depending on the matchup. And then, of course, if Ingram gets hurt like he always does, then I've got Jack Doyle. I like it. But yeah, I like Doyle a lot. I actually sniped him from Okada in one draft and it made him really mad. Indeed. (laughs) (laughs) Can't confirm. (laughs) Can confirm. All right, boys, let's move on to Jacksonville. There's a... There's kind of a lot to unpack here, but also not a lot to unpack here. <laughs> and it's mostly because it, the, uh, the roster is just, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with guys like Leonard Fournette. I'm not sure what to do with guys like Dee Westbrook. But let's start with a guy that I think people are excited about, myself included, DJ Chark, who we can't forget was a second round pick out of LSU. It's not like this dude was some scrub out of nowhere after exploding last year to be the wide receiver five through the first uh, 10 or 11 weeks of the season. So, he was a stud, and he put up numbers with Gardner Minshew. Are you guys willing to believe that last year was a real season, that like that is the, the norm for DJ Chark, or is the hype out of control? A little of both. I'm somewhere in between on Chark, actually. Like, some of the games he had last year were absolutely bonkers and would have had him in not only the, top, the wide receiver one conversation, but, like, top eight or top six if they had been consistent throughout the year. I don't think he's going to be that. On this team, I can't really buy it. With the quarterback situation they have, I don't trust Minshew enough. I like him fine. But, yeah, I'm kind of in a, in a weird in-between state on Shark. Like, I think he's going to be a wide receiver two and a somewhat reliable one. I don't think he's going to be a wide receiver one, and I think a lot of people see that upside. And I do think there's a little bit of potential that he comes down to earth and is a wide receiver three. Hmm. Or fringe guy, two three. Um, I I do like him. Um, I like his athleticism. I like his speed, his size. He he really has a, a lot going. I I think we saw a lot of flashes last year. I do think that the range of outcomes is kind of wide, like what Okada's saying. That's definitely possible. I'm not, I'm not treating him like a wide receiver one. No way. And I know there are a lot of people out there that are or treating him as like a top Michelle tier. Marjuk. Yes, there are some certain partners of ours that think that he's locked and loaded for a wide receiver one uh, role, and I'm not so sure about that. But I'll treat him like a good wide receiver two with upside to continue to develop and grow into uh, that role. For our YouTubers out there, I'm, I'm sorry I keep looking off to the side. There's a massive dust storm coming right at my apartment. Wait, did the dust storm yesterday ever hit you? Uh, that was elsewhere in Mesa. So I got the notice because okay. it's a broad area. And it didn't happen here, but I'm looking outside and it's just like orange, and it's uh, it's <laughs> so very. So John disappeared from the podcast. The it's because he was taken away to Oz. Yes, basically, that's <laughs> uh, pretty much what's happening. Fellas, anyone else in the wide receiver core that you want to talk about? I feel like we have to touch on Lavisca Chenault, uh, the yeah. hybrid running back, played a little bit of um, uh, Wildcat in college in Colorado. You mean obviously, Cordell Patterson returner. <clears throat> Oh, shots fired! Uh, wide receiver, of course, played there too at uh, at Colorado. Do you think that? Do you think that's really who what he's going to be in this league? That type of player. I think he's another one of these gadget guys that I'm not really buying into. I'll yeah, be same. honest; like I don't ever see him being a lead wide receiver. Same. The only the only reason I'm intrigued by him is just because of the trends we've seen with players that are just so good in the return game in open space, translating to the NFL. I don't know what it is about it, but you see it year after year. He's fine. 
I'll trade a late second for him. I'll trade a third for him if, if someone's willing to bail. But I feel like they just drafted him. Probably not. I'm, I'm just kind of in hold mode and seeing what happens. I actually don't have any shares of him I don't this year. He did enter with a pretty lengthy injury history as well. So, yeah, I, I want to see what happens before I'm kind of planting my flag on if he's a buy or a seller or what have you. Paris Campbell or LaVisca Chanel? Paris. Paris Campbell. Okay. Definitely. Um, all right, boys. Gosh, there's this roster. <laughs> this team. <laughs> we got to talk about Leonard Fournette. Last year, uh, 100 targets. Last year was an RB1. Stayed healthy, produced, but didn't really find the end zone. And now there's this weird kind of like situation where people are like, okay, he's due for a touchdown, positive touchdown regression, which he is. He's also due for a lot of regression back to his average of like 45 targets compared to 100 that he saw last year. I could not be more out on Leonard Fournette and Dynasty than I am right now. Oof. You you tell me about a player who's got a lengthy injury history, who I've never predicted to play a full season. I think last year was not the norm for Leonard Fournette. Now he's on a bad offense. That's the the Caesars like sports book favorite to land Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> they brought in Chris Thompson to catch passes from Jay Gruden's offensive coordinator system. I don't know, man. I'm out on Leonard Fournette. And the team tried to freaking trade him at the draft. No one wanted him. Like, I don't know. I'm just out at this point in fantasy. Yeah, in Dynasty, he's pretty unattractive. This is the last year on his contract. And and I think after this, it's going to be hard for him to earn another job. John's about to fall out of his seat in terror. Um, if you're not watching on YouTube, please look for John's face right now. Um, at minute 29. <laughs> the, however, if you're competing for this year, I think Leonard Fournette's going to be good again. I think there's no way he's not an RB2, and I think there's a decent chance he's an RB1 John, again. Get it together. <laughs> I'm trying. There's hurricane force winds coming at my apartment. Trees oh my bending. God. Dust. <laughs> Um, Listen, man, you're not going to outrun it at this point, so you may as well just give up. <laughs> True that. Um, this is, I yeah, sorry, it's been a couple of years. I've only been in one of these while living in Arizona. Um, they are crazy, but back to the point. Um, I'm in agreement. Fournette. I think I think the Fournette is going to produce this year, and I don't like it, and it feels gross, and I'm not going out and actively getting him. Um, but they don't have anything else. Like, who else are they going to hand the ball to? It, it, Chris Thompson's hurt all the time. Like, okay, he might have one or two games with a lot of receptions, but the rest of the year, I think that Fournette's still going to be fairly involved in the passing game. No, no, I don't expect it to be as much as it was last year. But even if he has a 40-reception year and gains a couple of touchdowns on that, you know, kind of reverse uh, trend of what he was doing last year, he's still going to find himself right there. Like you're not going to like it at all, but he's still going to end up being right there as a fringe running back one. So I think that for this year, if you're contending, yes, I have no idea what his future is after 2020 because he is not a running back that, that fits every scheme. And there's not a whole lot of job opportunities out there for that kind of kind of plotter of a running back. Um, Cause he's very downhill um, I just don't I think know. Plotter's a little offensive. Okay, but okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're you're right. Plotter's too much. Sorry, Leonard. Sorry, Leonard Fournette, <laughs> if you're listening. Um, but I do think that his future is very very questionable. I'm not sure what it's going to look like or where he's going to land. But if I'm contending this year, 
I think that he's a decent asset to own. Especially because you probably don't have to treat him like you're running back one. So if I can get him as my running back two behind a solid running back one, yeah, I'd probably be okay with that. All right, boys, we're going to play a little prediction game here. Yes or no, Gardner Minshew plays well enough to be the team's starting quarterback in 2021. Yes. Lots of confidence. Lots of confidence here on the show. It's fine. I'm going to say yes. yes. The main reason I'm going to say yes is because they're going to be so bad that they're not going to be ready to have a new quarterback next year in the sense of they're still going to be an awful team. Like, yes, they could go draft someone and slap them onto that awful team like the Washington football team did with Dwayne Haskins last year. But look what happens when you do that. A, you probably don't even start him for most of the year because of that reason. B, when he does get on the field, it doesn't look good. Same thing with Drew Locke. Same thing with Gardner Minshew, although not as highly drafted. So I think he's going to be fine, and I think they're going to probably stick it out another year with him. They could draft somebody else, but maybe he doesn't even start for part of the year. (sighs) Minshew is fun, so I hope he does well. You know what I think about Gardner Minshew? Gardner Minshew to me is is similar situation. I'm not talking about the player. I'm talking situation. Situationally, Mm -hmm. it's very similar to me to Derek Carr, where people have been waiting for them to no longer have them as his quarterback for like four years now, but he's still there. And I kind of think that Mm. Gardner Minshew might be just good enough to keep as your quarterback, but not bad enough to get rid of. Just like that kind of Derek Carr range. So. I think that he's there. I think that he's their quarterback for the next few seasons at least is probably where I'd peg it for for Gunnar Minshew. Also, he maybe isn't that different from Derek Carr as a player as well. Yeah. Like, doesn't throw a lot of picks, or at least he did in his rookie season. It could just be a a bunch of seasons of meh. (laughs) 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 Meh. Wow, what a... Okay, that was weird. <laughs> Ringing with confidence. Okay. A lot of man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, listen, Gardner Minshew, he's underrated. I mean, the dude ran for the fifth most rushing yards among quarterbacks last year. That is In crazy, fantasy, and no one that. talks about that. No one talks about it. In redraft leagues, he's going undrafted. Like, I want Gardner Minshew in redraft leagues. Do I want him in Dynasty? I'm not really sure. It depends kind of on the price, but you can get him as a quarterback two or three in startups. And to have him for at least this year, especially to contend, yeah, I'm in. And if he does win the job, then, yeah, it's it's going to be great. He also did post, by the way, Okada, you mentioned the touchdowns uh, and the, the lack of interceptions, really. 21 to 6 ratio. It's a great, very, very good. great ratio. Mm-hmm. Very and good. he missed a little bit of time, say, too. Yeah, yeah, I mean, listen, if he's my QB3 in Dynasty, I actually love it. Because yes. I think yes. he could take a step forward. They could build around him a little bit more in the coming years. And if not, I'll, I at least know he's going to put up okay weeks whenever I need to sub him in as my QB2. But if he's my QB2 and there's a good chance he's not even the quarterback next year, then I feel a little bit less secure. Would you guys trade someone like a Drew Locke for Gardner Plus? Right now, because of the hype around luck, Locke, not luck. He's definitely not Andrew Luck. <laughs> No, no one's Although maybe about we'll get more years out of him as a starter. Gosh darn it, Andrew. But um, tis. Um, <laughs> yes, because of the price difference, I, I might do that. See I if would. I can snag right. an extra first, maybe even, or at least a second. Ooh. I think second. I don't know if you're going to get an extra the first. Lock, the lock hype is high. It depends on the person that you find. If you find someone yeah. that's all in on the hype and the weapons around him and 
stuff like that. Maybe if I can get Gardner in a first for Drew Lock, jeez, I might take easy. Gardner straight up over Lock. Huh. Whoa, easy killer. <laughs> it's true. I don't know. <laughs> I, he looked better yeah, than I, he looked better than Lock did last year when they were on the field. Oh my gosh! This is, is this terrifying. team the least interesting team in the entire NFL right now for fantasy? By the way, yes. yes. I'm scrolling the roster trying to find someone else that we yep. can talk about. But yep. you know what? That's it. Let's move on. Well, Let's- hey, <laughs> uh, I'll throw out Raquel Armstead. Okay. Yes. Not necessarily the most exciting player ever, but if Fournette is gone next year and they don't draft or sign anybody, which they may not, I kind of actually liked Armstead a little bit. He could he could be a 250 carry running back next year. Spot the line. Wow. I mean, hey, he's free. He is free. Yep. I'll I'll stash him on a deep bench for sure. I'm kind of done talking about these like please meh running backs. Let's talk Mm -hmm. about Derrick Henry. Can we please? Oh oh my gosh, dude. The the rushing king last year, King Henry. uh, It was so good to finally see that offense and that system just be like, okay, we know what you are, Derrick Henry. You're an absolute bruiser. You are unique. You're a unicorn, as Teron Davenport said with our interview that I did with him. He's just different, and it's good to see them do that. They locked him up long term. Fellas, where does he slide to in your dynasty rankings, running back-wise? Ooh. Running back five from Mr. Helmkamp. Yeah, it's right there for me as well. Um, it's like a Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook... Derrick Henry pile up. Yep. Around that range. I have Camara above six, so those two, too. like pretty pretty comfortably. I have Camara ahead of those other two. But for me, Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry keep just flip-flopping. Dalvin Cook doesn't have the contract yet, so right now I'm holding with Henry above him at 5 and Cook at 6. Um but it's it's tight. It's really tight, but he's such a solid she's I'm sorry, my door's freaking rattling. Um, <laughs> this is terrifying. Um, he's such a solid asset, solid runner. They've built that scheme, that team, the offense, everything about it is just predicated on Derrick Henry doing his thing. And that's not going to change anytime soon. So for the next two to three seasons, you can probably count on him being one of the top three rushing yard running backs in the NFL. Like, Love it. He's gonna uh, one right of my there. other... Stats going into the article again, find it on the website. Um, this is per Sports Info Solutions. The the script and the performance from Derrick Henry when this team is in positive game scripts, so when they're winning, skyrockets 4.1 yards per carry. Very, very good. When they're winning, it's 5.82 yards per carry. Do you want to know why that is for this year? What? Go ahead. That's because in the fourth quarter, when the other defense is completely exhausted True. because they've been trying to tackle him, he snaps off an 80-yard run. Yep. That's what yeah. And that's, that's going to happen happens. this year because they drew the second easiest strength of schedule per Vegas win totals. Mm-hmm. Derrick Henry, man, he's going to smash. So if you had him last year, don't sell high off what happened last year. Mm-hmm. I, I'm keeping him this year, um, and the, the scheme is perfect. Are you guys interested at all if you are a Derrick Henry owner? to get Darrington Evans as insurance? Do you think he fits the same mold? Like, no. what is he to this offense? Uh, no. Nope. It's no. Derrick Henry or bust. If they lose Henry, the offense falls apart, and I don't want any pieces. Yeah, I Not could. Not even A.J. Brown? 
Well, I want A.J. Brown. I don't want any backfield pieces. Right. I mean, you're going from... I might want A.J. Brown more at that point. Honestly, yeah. Um, All the receiving options go up if Derrick Henry goes down. Um, Give me uh, tight end as well. Um, Johnny. Thank you. Um, Yeah, I mean, if something happens to Derrick Henry, it's Johnny Smith and A.J. Brown will basically be the entire offense. Um, Darrington Evans is like 50 pounds lighter than Derrick Henry. Um, As is most every other running back in the NFL. (laughs) Most are about 30 pounds lighter than Derrick Henry, and he's even smaller than that. Uh, It's a pretty big gap. He's a smaller build guy. I like him fine. He was a kind of fun prospect um, out of Appalachian State. Um, He was fun to to watch, but it's not the same. He, He doesn't fit that scheme of downhill power running. We're going to feed you the ball, you know, 25 carries plus uh, to try and accomplish the same thing as Derrick Henry. It's not going to, it's not going to, it's not going to work. It's not going to go that way. And I think that if Derrick Henry goes down, they change the scheme to go pass heavy. It's not going to be the same game plan with Darrington Evans in the backfield. All right. Fair enough. Uh, Let's talk about our boy, AJ Brown. Okada, mm. you have been touting this dude. Uh, honestly, I, I can remember it back to our rookie conversations last year in like June, July. Um, and then every week we would just talk about AJ Brown. And we talk about him more. And we talk about him more. And then in January, we talked about him more as a, as a buy high. Like, don't worry about the hype. Go out and get him. Tell the people why you're so hyped about AJ Brown uh, from long term perspective, too, not just this season. Yeah. I mean, listen, this guy is a. <sighs> I'm, I'm going to say elite talent. Hmm. He is an extremely good wide receiver in a lot of different ways and some ways that don't go together necessarily. Like the speed and power, the speed and strength that he has is running back level speed strength combo. Yep. He can run routes with anybody and his as partially as a result of that running back style of running, his yak is disgusting. Like if you look at the numbers, all the best yak guys in the league are, are among the best yak guys in the league because they catch the ball two yards from the line of scrimmage, they get a lot of screens, and then they take it for eight, ten yards on, on a given reception, and it looks great. A.J. Brown catches a post, suddenly slams his foot in the ground, goes the other direction, and turns it for an extra 20 or 30 yards that shouldn't have gone for. He is arguably the best after-catch wide receiver in the league right now. Wow. And that's on top of the route running and and his role in this offense because he's got a very uh, capable quarterback in Ryan Tannehill. He's got very little other competition unless you still believe in the Corey Davis 18th year breakout, <laughs> which I do not. Uh, you know, Jonu Smith maybe can be a good tight end, but we don't know. He still has to break out, and even if he does, it'll be to be a second fiddle by a mile to A.J. Brown. And this is a scheme where, you know, Derrick Henry is the focal point. He smashes defenses. They have to put eight in the box, and it opens up the rest of the field for A.J. Brown. Everything is perfect in this system for him. His talent is incredible. His quarterback is solid, and it all just comes together to make a guy who I think is going to be a dynasty wide receiver one. The only concern that I have around that is volume-based because there were a couple games down the stretch last year where he disappeared. Um, I agree with everything that you're saying about the talent of him. 
Um, but they need to find a way to get the ball into his hands more than they did. And I think that they will because it started slow. Then it got really, really good for the volume for him. And then they just basically decided to play defense and run the ball for the, like the last five games of the year, including playoffs. Um, so I, I think they saw a lot out of him, probably more than they even expected to get out of him as a wide receiver for production at the NFL level. Um, and I agree with you that I think he continues to stay, take a step forward. The skill set is there. The after-the-catch ability is there. This storm is scaring my pants off. Um, <laughs> and I think that A.J. Brown is, yeah, he's a... He's a sheesh. Sorry. Stud <laughs> dynasty yeah. asset to have. This is I didn't so know if that was a reference to A.J. Brown's game or the storm. <laughs> I know. the thunder that claps right over my apartment. <laughs> could be just, about the oh. dust. Could be about A.J. Brown. Both of them are um, very not, nice and powerful. I am not okay a right now, guys. A fun game, a fun okay. game for uh, listeners would be to pause the podcast and then just hit fast forward the thirty seconds like six or seven times <laughs> just to see if John's still here. Yep. <laughs> Come end of the yep, show. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> he may be gone. Oh, Start at the end um, and go back. Yeah. Listen to your point. By the way, he did not have a single game with more than five targets until week seven. Yep. And he was a rookie, so. Every expectation should be that his target share is going to go up Absolutely. in 2020 and beyond. Totally agree. He and also he was, played that first half of the season with Marcus Mariota. We can't forget that. Right. Either. True. Right. And the Tannehill switch was majorly beneficial. Mr. Can't fill his fingers. Yep. Majorly beneficial That's to right. him when, when Tannehill got there. Um, what was the stat? He was like one of the only wide receivers to have – one of the only rookie wide receivers to have over 1,000 receiving yards on less than 100 targets. Like it's a small group that he's in with that. Um, yeah, I think that I think even DK Kate, Metcalf might have done it too. I think that Kate even tweeted it out, if I remember correctly. It's very possible. I'm not but sure. Yeah. I'll have to check it out. I, I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's how efficient he was last year. Uh, certainly, we we love him here on the show, guys. Ryan Tannehill. What is the ceiling in fantasy if we're talking dynasty rankings? Do you do you see him being inside your top 15 at any point in his career, assuming he's starting for the next two to three years? With Tennessee. Yeah. Yes. All right. <laughs> I, I have him right around there. <laughs> yes. Okay. Moving on. What okay. Yes or no questions. Yeah. That, that's exactly where he should be. Right in that range. No, I think yeah, so. I think they like they got him away to... from Gase. They unlocked his uh, decision-making and efficiency. Um, had an incredibly efficient season. Is smart with the ball. Doesn't turn it over very often. Um, I think that he's fits their scheme perfectly. I think that they got a quarterback that fits exactly what they want to do. And I think that he's going to do it very well and benefit from a lot of yak from AJ Brown. Um, so yeah, I think that he's a 12 to 15 guy. Since Fair enough. targets started getting officially recorded in 2009, AJ Brown is the only player to top a thousand yards on less than a hundred targets. Bingo. The only Ooh, one, is. not rookie. Yep. The Next only. closest was Julio Jones. Julio Jones? At 959. Terry McLaurin, Juju Smith-Schuster, Cooper Cup, T.Y. Hilton. That's the, com- that's that's the company. That's some good in. company. I like that. Um, hey, since we're talking A.J. Brown, we're just like hyping this dude up. Uh, did you also know he posted the third most or the third highest yards per route run metric per f- pro football focused by any rookie in the last decade Mm. That boy good. Mm. Yep. Give that man yeah. some more oh routes. I, I need to go trade for him before it's too late. I know. Right, moving on. Fellas, Jonu Smith. Um, high upside tight end. For me, I have some volume concerns in this offense. 
But I do like the player. I do like what he brings to to the game. Uh, obviously, he was kind of stuck behind Delaney Walker for a few years. Would you trade for him for a second? What's the what's the temperature on Johnny Smith if you need a tight end? If I'm pretty badly in need of a tight end, I would probably trade a mid to mid to late late second. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there. Right. I think that he's he, right. He's in one that. of those. Go ahead. Go to Kyle. Well, uh, I was just going to say he's one of those guys we've been talking about what yeah. what to look for in tight ends. That is a super athlete that has all the upside to break into the top tight end one tier if he gets to targets. It's really all that we need to see. Yep. Same. All right. Agreed. Fair enough. Any chance for Corey Davis? Nope. Yes. On another team. Oh. On another team as a big body slot receiver. That is his only hope of progressing into fantasy relevance in two or three years. Yep. Yeah. I'm with you to on that. To <laughs> clarify, since I said yes and Betts was shocked, I don't think it will happen, but you asked, is there a chance? So, <laughs> yes, there is a chance. It is a small chance. I'm not buying him. Yes, same. 3.2% chance it happens. Yeah. Okay. Basically. Moving on, last team here, Houston Texans. Mm. They lose DeAndre Hopkins. They gain David Johnson. Guys, let's talk about David Johnson from a dynasty perspective. He is, <laughs> that is a little bit older. So lopsided. He is coming. What? Oh, the trade. I just they <laughs> lose DeAndre Hopkins. They gain David Gain. Johnson. I'm just like, oh man, what a stab. I mean, hey, there, there was a pick in there too. There was a pick. Like don't a don't do our boy Bill O'Brien wrong. Silly. It was a trade. Our boy. Whoa. <laughs> Oh, he's the best coach in the league, dude. Come oh, on, man. our favorite here on the show. Come on, he's certainly oh, a better gosh. coach than he is GM. I'll give him that. Which is not saying clown. much. All right, I feel like he's a plant your flag player in redraft leagues. Like the the community is so split on David Johnson. If you are a if you're in on him, are you buying him for a one year rental in dynasty? And if you're out, what would you sell him for? If you guys, so we can have our listeners kind of decide what side of the fence they're on. And then what well, they do about it. this is good because John and I disagree, so we can give you both sides of the argument. I am 100% right, in on him. He is a God. fringe top 15 back for me. <laughs> we saw what Carlos oh Hyde did in this God. system. David Johnson is without question a more talented running back than Carlos Hyde right now as, as and ever probably. The only question is health. Betts has talked about his health last year. He doesn't think it's going to carry over into this year. I don't think it will either. He's going to be a thousand yard rush rusher and a three to four hundred yard receiver and score eight plus nine plus scrimmage touchdowns. There's no way he's not a top fifteen running back in my opinion. I was going to say that sounds like RB, RB fifteen or RB sixteen to me. It is. That's exactly where I have him ranked. He's going right. to have eight hundred and twenty five rushing yards and a hundred less than Carlos Hyde and a hundred and twenty receiving yards on the season. Wow, I'm I'm so. How many games is he missing? Six. In your little scenario like, there. It's okay, be so okay. Bad. No, but that's just <laughs> I'm just spitballing the numbers. But here's the thing: I'm very very concerned. Um, he hasn't. I feel like I'm talking in circles because I swear I've said this before. He well, what are you selling him for? What am I? Okay, so let's just go there because that was the question. There, that's that's the question. I'm out on him for for a number of reasons. Health, age, efficiency, new team, bad offensive line, a quarterback that doesn't throw to his running backs. There's a lot of reasons why I don't like David Johnson. The I would sell him easily for a second. Yes, that's easy. What about for a third, though? I for would, a guy who has one year of doo-doo left, 
I would honestly, for a third? I would honestly consider taking a third for David Johnson straight up. Wow! Because at wow, this point, wow, wow, wow! I just, I don't <laughs> like it. I don't buy it. I don't think it's. I don't like it. I do not want. I don't think it's going to be good. I want him gone. And that third, at least I've got a dart throw and youth on my side at that point. Because I, I, we could be looking at David Johnson this time next year the way that we are looking at Le'Veon Bell right now. Possibly. That is the be, way that I see. We could be looking at him worse than that. In, yeah, we, honestly, we could. I won't deny that. So if that is what we might be looking at, and I think there's a really good chance that it is because he'll be 29 by that point on a really bad offensive line. If if we're looking at that, and I don't even know what his contract situation is offhand. I think he's only there for this year, and then an option. More. Maybe I there might be yeah, a yeah. Either way, they signed him to a three-year, like thirty-nine million dollar deal in Arizona. And right. They only had him for one year, but I'm not sure the specifics. Maybe Okada can look that up while you're talking. Yeah. About so he yeah, might he only sign through 2021. Okay. So two million dollars in dead money. That's nothing. Like they it's not. They and might in fact, move on. Seven from million dollars in cap savings if if they move on. Right. So you have one year of David Johnson in this offense, and then they decide to draft a running back or trade for one, or sign one in free agency with the loaded 2017 class that's going to be three years, four years younger, five years, some of them, I think, than David Johnson at that point. you have. I think, I think he's there for one season in Houston, and it's not going to be a good one, and I won't want him after that, so I'm willing to cut bait now. I have one thing to say. Well, I have two things to say. Mm-hmm. Um, Okada, the David Johnson yes. rushing yard prop bet, which you know uh-huh. I love betting. Uh, if you want betting content, go on Patreon, patreon.com slash ballblast. I'm writing up stuff all the time for you guys. Uh, 1,000.5 yards over under. That's over, I'm at 10.14. That's a good line. All right. Very confident over there, too. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I projected him 14 yards over. I will take it. <laughs> I will also take myself as a line setter since I'm, yeah, 14 yards that's, off the line. Yeah, that's, that's a good. really good line. That's, that's a really, really good line. I, I don't know that I would feel good about betting in either direction on that i think that he could be he could be a thousand yard rusher he could maybe be an okay rb2 on the season maybe potentially but that's his that's his ceiling he will be i mean listen guys Le'Veon bell was running back 17 and half ppr last year like it doesn't matter how good he is like he was running back three i don't remember exactly but uh, he, uh, Bill O'Brien put the ball in Carlos Hyde's belly 242 times. Are you telling me he didn't just trade the best, arguably, the best receiver in the NFL to get this dude and he's not going to say, oh, crap, I got to prove I'm right? Like, David Johnson is going to get all the work he can handle this year, and I don't care what side of the fence you're on, he's going to finish as an RB2 if he plays if he at least plays. 14 games, which I think he will. I mean, you look at the tape, weeks one through six, and then you look at, like, week ten, it is so, so, so different. Everyone has the, the image running to the left side of the Tampa line. Bay. So slow, can't put his foot in the ground. He had an ankle sprain. He also had a back injury. Like, I don't know. I, I'm betting on volume. So if I need an RB2 to win now, I'm buying David Johnson for a second. Carlos Hyde, RB27 last year with ten catches for 42 yards. I could get better receiving numbers on the Texans. <laughs> David Johnson, one of the best receiving running backs of the last decade when he was in his prime, was certainly could do that. In 2016. Okay, but you don't go from one of the best in the decade to non-existent in a few Really? Years. Talk about T.Y. Yes. Hilton. How are you treating him? He, he, no, he's a wide receiver. It's different. <laughs> it's 
different, man. <laughs> it's different. He's Listen. also a speed wide receiver with hamstring problems, like the worst oh, combo okay. ever. Okay, and guess what? Hey, David Johnson's an old guys. running back with back problems. That's a problem as well. <laughs> hey, I'm talking one year. I don't yeah. want him in more than one year. I mean, we just redraft. talked about $7 million in cap savings. I probably agree with you he's gone in 2021. Yeah, but he's going to touch the ball 250 times this year, and that matters in fantasy. Easy so, <sighs> yeah, gimme, gimme. Also, shout out to the Borgogan, uh, my, my co-host on the DFS podcast for the Ballers, editor-in-chief. I always reference this. When a wide receiver leaves a team, his research shows the running back is targeted more the following season at a higher rate than any other position. I completely Hopkins agree. It's going to be Duke Johnson. Play. Oh, gosh. I hope. Oh, my God. I hope so. I love Duke Here's Johnson. Here's the real question for John. <laughs> Which is more concerning, David Johnson in 2020 or that dust storm? Oh, <laughs> this is a great question. David Johnson in 2020. This building is going to protect Which me better bad, than that offensive line will protect David Johnson. John is staring outside more than at the camera, so that's not good for David Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. Oh, let's boy. talk wide receivers here. Kenny Stills, Randall Cobb, any interest at all? Hmm. Yes. Here's the. Uh, I think Randall Cobb could be a wide receiver three in PPR. Yeah. This year. All right. Fair if enough. The other guys are as injury prone as they are. Here's the thing about the. Here's the thing about the wide receiver room. There. Someone is probably going to be a top twenty wide receiver. Ooh. F- figuring yes. out who. And which one's going to be healthy enough to put it together is damn near impossible. Mm. I don't know if it's going to be Will Fuller or if it's going to be Brandon Cooks. I would probably lean Brandon Cooks if he doesn't take if he doesn't have another concussion. He plays a majority of the season. There's a very good possibility that Brandon Cooks has over a thousand yards and eight touchdowns. Like it, it absolutely. But the health concerns are so real for all of these guys which is why their ADP is as low as it is. So I'm willing to take a shot on Brandon Cooks. Like, I'm willing to take that dart throw because if he is healthy and puts it together, Watson's going to throw the ball to somebody. And it's probably going to be Brandon Cooks. He's the best wide receiver in that room, I think. Um, I think he's better from a skill standpoint than Will Fuller is. And people are going to be all blasphemous about that and think that I'm off my rocker. But I think that he's better than Will Fuller. He's more polished uh, route runner than Fuller is. Fuller is just great at one thing, and that is nothing but deep shots. And I think that Brandon Cooks, if he's healthy, can put it together. So I'll take him as my wide receiver four or five with his late ADP and see if that pays off. Bets. What is the percent chance that Brandon Cooks has a concussion this year? I wish I could tell you. Is it 50-ish? We cannot. We have no idea? We don't. We really don't. Gosh darn it. The Concussions are weird, man. Risk. There is an increased risk of having another concussion when you have Every time you have one, right? Yes, and the recovery takes longer. So both of these players, man, you talk about Will Fuller. We don't even need to talk about it. Everyone knows the injury history. It's it's bad. It's very, very bad. But Brandon Cook's the same way. Like, if he gets a concussion... He could be out for four weeks, five weeks. Retire. We saw William Shepard last year. S- retire. He could yeah, literally sure. be done. I mean, that's all within the range <clears> of <throat> outcomes. So I have no clue what hmm. to do with these pass catchers. I just know I want uh. one of them because I trust Deshaun Watson. Yep. Yes. <laughs> Listen, uh, I was asking to try to get a little bit of security, but I'll just say it without knowing, apparently. I am rising on Brandon Cooks, and I might be rising quite a bit. Here's the thing. 
Despite the concussions, he's only missed two games in the last five seasons. Both of them were last year, and last year, despite missing two games, he was awful for some reason. Maybe it was because of concussions seeping into his play, maybe it was other injuries. I'm not sure why he suddenly disappeared. But in the four years before that, 1,000 yards or more every year, almost 1,100 or more every year, and 9, 8, 7, 5 mm -hmm. in the touchdown category. Even if he misses a couple games, he could be a wide receiver too. Yep. And if he doesn't, he could be a fr the, the fringe wide receiver one that he always was before that happened. So I think I'm rising. I think I have to. Plus, there's a lot, so much wide receiver depth in this year's drafts and in Dynasty in general, that you can probably snag a couple more guys that fill in if Brandon Cooks does disappear. I think Brandon Cooks might end up in my, my top 30 in my rankings pretty soon. I don't know yeah. when it will happen, but I think it might happen. I think so too. I completely agree with that take. If he is fully healthy, like 100% healthy, and you know that he's playing a full 16, mm. Brandon Cooks or Jarvis Landry? Brandon Cooks. Jarvis Landry. There you go. Always undervalued. Both, wow. of them, both of them, Always. though, are that way. The, wow. Those are both those guys that are. I think that's some silly goose takes from Betts. I don't think that it's that the silly. Jarvis, I would have to. Jarvis have Landry's to worst finish in the last five years is wide receiver 15. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I lied. 19. 19. 19. That was Brandon Cooks is. Where was he in the, in the four year span? I'm sure it's very similar. He was 1,100 yards sure. and average of seven and a half touchdowns. I think they're almost the same guy. Yeah. But one of them no, will be the wide not. receiver one for well, not in their in their skill set. They're very different okay, in their yes, skill set. You. But I mean, in production wise, one of them will be it in this scenario that John's presenting the one all year for Deshaun Watson. The other guy will be the one B behind Odell for Baker Mayfield. But that's the thing right, is that on a run first offense, Jarvis Landry is widely being considered, you know, a mid range wide receiver two with upside, and only because of the no, injury, he's going as a three. Yeah, he's going late. He's man. undervalued he's going like too. Not yeah, as undervalued like though. Brandon Cooks is more undervalued. People are silly, and uh, by me, <laughs> I admit to that. Like I'm only just now coming around. You are the to problem. This. <laughs> I am the problem. Um, without looking, can you guys guess Brandon Cooks' age? 28. 28. Um, <laughs> 28. 28. I was going to say 27. <clears throat> Still 26. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That is so young. Oregon State product. Yeah. Um, I, do, I just want to say one thing about Will Fuller. Uh, the risk is exponentially high. Mm, the upside so is high. also equally high. Yep. I have drafted him in two spots. Best ball leagues and the Scott Fishbowl. So if you're wondering what's my take on Will Fuller, I'm willing to go in on like a big tournament or you have to have upside, but I don't want to trust him on my roster. Uh, that's where I'm at. So I want a little exposure to him just because the, the massive ceiling is there, but the risk is. How far are huge. we from re replacing hamstrings with some kind of synthetic material <laughs> that can't get pulled? And when are you going that. to invent it so we can use the money for the red shirts? Yeah, I'm actually really close. I'm in the first okay. stage of development. Um, <laughs> do you, so do you have some backers or are we still looking for 2021, that? I like it, I like it. 2021, uh, yeah, I'll be in all NFL training camps giving out these synthetic hamstrings to help everyone <laughs> stay on the field. Uh, no, fellas, last uh, player to talk about on the show tonight, Deshaun Watson. He, mm. he lost the best receiver in the game. Thanks a lot, Bill O'Brien. Yeah. And the amazing rapport that those two had. Mm -hmm. I mean, 30% tar target market share. Are we scared about Deshaun Watson in Dynasty without DeAndre Hopkins? We're scared. Uh -huh. 
The question Speak for is yourself. The, okay. You you're not even a little <laughs> bit scared. Okay, a little bit. A okay, then you're scared. <laughs> I was going to point out that the question is how scared are you on the sliding yes. scale of, of fear? Yeah. That is a that is a big question and it is a very wide range of the on this fear scale because on the one side Deshaun Watson is as talented a young quarterback as there is in the NFL right now. On the other side, he's playing for the worst GM in the league potentially. Who happens to be his just, head coach? Yes, who just gave away not only his best weapon, but arguably the best weapon in the league. I, I, I The target share that DeAndre Hopkins commanded over all of Deshaun Watson's career is hysterical. Yeah. And the fact that it is going to be now gone and have to be d- sprinkled to a bunch of guys with speed and injury histories and no hamstrings is so concerning. Though I don't care how good you are. So, yes, I am scared. He's not outside my QB1 range still. No. He's still a mid-range QB1, but he's not that top four guy. He's not in the Kyler Dak tier for me anymore. I need to see this team turn itself around before I'll be that comfortable. So, with me, with Deshaun Watson, um, this is probably going to be the worst statistical year of his career. At least, at least for, let's, the worst statistical not year, for his, rookie year for his prime. Like, not counting like the very end of his career, but for for his prime years, for the next foreseeable future, five to seven years, maybe longer, this is probably going to be the worst year of his career because of the talent that's around him or lack thereof. Um, giving away DeAndre Hopkins for pennies, ownership should have fired him. Or at least said, we're taking away your yep. GM responsibilities, keeping you as coach, You're but we're bringing in an actual general manager yeah. Who knows how to do this? They should have stripped him of those responsibilities immediately because Arizona just robbed him blind. It was so silly. Um, so this year, I'm very, very concerned about Deshaun Watson. S- career, for, for dynasty purposes, he's incredibly talented and I have to feel like they're going to get him some weapons again. Um, I do think that he's still dynasty probably in my top eight um because i think that in 2021 they're gonna have to do something i'm shocked they didn't draft someone after after sending hopkins away the fact that they didn't go out and draft one of the top tier wide receivers was kind of baffling to me um but they're gonna get some weapons around him again at some point and he's gonna continue to develop and and prove that he's you know an elite quarterback in this game yeah, I agree. Uh, maybe a little bit of a downtick in passing production for this year. Obviously, you lose DeAndre Hopkins. That's going to happen. But I'm still confident in Deshaun Watson. Just dude's a baller. I mean, he comes out, he produces all the time. Last year, this team went 8-3 and three in one-score games. There was one reason why, and it was Deshaun Watson. So, yeah, and, and we like to do it all on the show. Give you a little dynasty advice, sprinkle in a little redraft, maybe a little DFS here. Sports betting, I'm taking the under on seven and a half with a team that went eight and three in one score games to go 10 and six. It, it won't happen this year. And man, that defense is so, so, so bad. I'm sorry, you're the taking totals at seven and a half? Seven and a half. That is Dang. bad. Not good. Not good. That, that that tells you how important DeAndre Hopkins is. <laughs> good gracious. He literally is like, like a three win swing. By losing that wide receiver on your team. I will also say, real quick, one sneaky stat for Deshaun Watson that I think is is really important, specifically for this season. Career yards per carry. 
7.7 when they're winning. Very good. 8.4 when trailing. He mm. also, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That's pa- yards per pass attempt. Yards per carry, 4.4 to 6.3. Like, he just puts the team on his back. And so, mm. I'm not really that worried about him from fantasy. I agree 100%. Passing's coming down. But he's going to say, I have no one else to do this with. It's my team. Let's go. And the dude just wins. So, you, I'm really intrigued. You to want to know Sean why he doesn't have anyone else to do it with? Because he's not going to trust David that? Johnson. Oh, he's going to run it himself. <laughs> We're going to find out. All right, boys. Another great show. We're going to close it out there uh, on the pod. Reminder, please check out Trophy Smack. Do yourself a favor. If you're a commissioner, don't show up to... If you're doing a Zoom draft or whatever, don't don't not have a trophy. That's like the lamest thing ever. Boo. Get a trophy. Get a draft board. Get whatever you need. They have it there. And whenever you buy, just add the add the ring. They have two kinds. They're beautiful. Add them to your cart. Enter the code REDSHIRTS. You're going to get that ring for free at checkout. Fellas, we're going to be back next week talking uh, NFC South, which is a lot of fun. Oof. I'm really excited to talk about those players. Yeah. Lots of fantasy goodness. Um, anything else for the people before we're out of here? That's the last uh, Dynasty by Division show, right? That's the last one. Wow. We made it, guys. We did. Good times. We made it through the Jaguars. We made it through the Jaguars and the Jets, both consecutive. And apparently, John has made it through the dust storm because he hasn't looked at his window. It's in gone. Like 10 it's, minutes. it's passed over. The trees are are settled. My door is not rattling. Wow. Um, man, we're survivors. We are a uh, a gritty <laughs> breed, indeed. <laughs> no doubt about it. All right, boys, we'll close it out there. We are back next week. Listeners, have a great weekend. Until next time, we're the Richards. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at RedShirtsFFPod and check out BallBlastFootball.com for all things fantasy football.